This is the Small Moves Podcast with your host, Jason Hertzberger, episode 61. The great philosopher Chris Rock once said, Most of this country is made up of broke-ass white people. True enough, Mr. Rock, but I'm doing my best over here. You're listening to the Small Moves Podcast. Small steps for big progress. With your host, Jason Hertzberger. Your, your next step starts now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to the Small Moves Podcast, small steps for big progress. Let's prepare to ignite. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this Friday's episode of the Small Moves Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Hertzberger. I'm really glad that you're here today. Today's topic area that we're going to be hitting on is revenue or income or job. Call that category, whatever you will. But this topic area that we're going to hit today is about finding a way to generate income or revenue. And the topic that I want to talk to you today is top of mind for me at the moment, because as you know, if you've been listening to the show for a little while, I currently own and operate a small package delivery business, a small package courier business. And one of my clients has just in the last week or so significantly dropped their necessity for the services that I provide for them. For that by itself, the amount roughly percentage-wise that that was accounting for my daily revenue was hovering somewhere in the 30 to 35% daily range. Now, obviously that would be a that would normally in most circumstances be a pretty significant hit to the bottom line losing roughly a third of your weekly revenue <clears throat> in the case of a business or if you're if you're working in an office and you're making $1000 a week and your boss cuts your salary down to $667 a week that's obviously going to hurt pretty significantly and upon first glance one would think that it would but one of the things that I've done with my business is put some security in place with having contracts in place with some other potential people that need the services that my business provides. And in just a little over a week, I've been able to replace that revenue. Almost almost 100% of that revenue has been replaced in less than a week without really, without really trying too hard. Now, that is a freedom that I have as a courier business by basically being able to uh, by acquiring contracts with other companies and just simply outsourcing all of that work to other people until or if I ever in the, in the event like it is the case right now, if I ever need it in the meantime, it's being handled by people that are incredibly responsible. That's a, that's a system that I've put in place that I'm now able to take advantage of where I'm not, where I'm not going to end up actually realizing much of the hit that we're seeing to the revenue for the courier business at the moment. I'm an incredible, I'm in an incredibly privileged position to be able to say that, but I will say that that was something that I worked toward. And it's something that I just want to kind of keep top of mind for everybody that's listening, that you always need to have an income related insurance plan is what I is how I generally like to refer to it. 
because it's something that has given me an enormous amount of peace of mind for obvious reasons. Again, if you've been listening to the show for a little while, you know that I've got two tiny humans running around the house at the ages of three and one plus, you know, the wife and all. But anyway, the 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 mindset that I've had coming into this business back in 2010 was to keep in mind that no business that's like this is ever 100% stable and that I always need to make sure that I have a backup plan in place. Now, whether that backup plan for the first couple of years was me constantly out there networking, I was doing work for my career work, and but I was also actively communicating with people about potential actual like normal quote unquote nine to five jobs or W two type jobs. And I was just making sure that I had some potential access to insider information for some jobs that look more in that model, which isn't exactly my favorite, but it's again, if we're talking insurance, you know, that's always something good to have available. After the first couple of years, though, I let all that go just because I've sort of came to the realization that just because of my scatterbrain mindset and the fact that I'm not the greatest with, you know, bosses, sorry, everybody out there, that, you know, the self-employment route was just sort of always going to be where I was going to be. And I was either going to, you know, shine or, you know, go down in flames with that model. And it's worked out relatively well so far, just because, you know, I've had the mindset of, you know, making sure that I'm not necessarily sitting on my laurels. I'm always trying to keep, insurance in place in case something happens with the active work that I have, trying to find ways to grow the business from where it is, making sure that I ratchet customer service up to an incredibly high level for the clients that I do have, which has put me in a very favorable position with them. And one thing that I'm incredibly proud of with regards to my courier business is that in the going on seven and a half, almost eight years that I've been running this business, I have never lost a single client once I have acquired them. Like that's something that is not really common in this industry. So that's something that I'm really, really proud of. I know it'll eventually happen someday. Somehow I'll be too expensive for somebody, but that's something that has really helped put a buffer in place and lowered my stress level with potentially losing clients that a lot of other people have to deal with. Now, this might translate to you in a more nine to five sort of a role as you know, you don't have the greatest relationship with your boss. You don't normally have a good relationship with bosses in general, kind of like me, or and you're not exactly, let's say, great at hiding that fact. You know, that's something that can provide a pretty heavy amount of anxiety hanging over you because you never necessarily know when that's going to boil over on your end or on the end of your boss. Or if you're self-employed, if you're 100% based on, say, or if you're working for a company and you're 100% based on commission or you're on your own small business and you're, you sell whatever it is, widgets. And if, if you don't sell a widget today, you don't make any money, you know, which is kind of the case with being with most people being self-employed. But that also sort of depends on what the focus of your business is. So I'd like you to just sort of ask yourself this question. 
what is it that you're what is it that you would do if you were where I was about a week ago when you get a phone call from fill in the blank, your source of income, whether it's your boss, whether it's your self-employed and you have one you have one or two clients or three clients and one of them just decides to up and leave, you know, whatever whatever it might be. What would you do or what could you do if that happened? Just take a second to think about it. And if you have a good answer right away, you know, think of what that answer is. If you don't, then I highly recommend that you sort of think about what you can do to come up with a quick, good answer to that question. And there's a lot of ways to do it, whether you're self-employed or whether you are a W-2 I'm of the mindset that you always need to have something in place to fall back on in the event of tragedy happening to your primary source of income. Now, whether that's the fact that you've been incredibly, let's just say, conservative with your investments and you have investments in savings and very basic stocks and bonds, but nothing that's actively generating revenue, I recommend that you sort of rethink that strategy to look at stuff that might be more active in cash flow generation, whether that be dividend dividend investing strategy, if you were talking about the stock market, or if we're talking about purchasing and investing in real estate, where it could generate revenue revenue in a recurring basis and rent, or whether it's taking the job that you do on a nine to five or even with your own self-employed business and offering it up as a contractor to freelance in for freelance work on websites like Upwork or 99 designs or whatever flex jobs or, you know, a rat race is like rat race rebellion or one of those websites that are out there. Like there, there's a lot of websites that are out there to help sort of find this type of work. And I highly, highly, highly recommend that you put something like that in place. As a self-employed person, I have to say, even to this day, regardless of them getting hit with a decent amount of um, press, you know, hammers over the head, is I'm still a big fan of being signed up as a driver with Uber. And maybe that's just my bias because I'm a guy and I can, you know, defend myself and I'm you know, used to driving my car on a pretty regular basis, you know, maybe that's that bias kicking in. But I have to tell you that if you are, and this is something I've experienced and I I tell my wife and I tell people around me all the time, is that Uber to me is unemployment insurance. And the reason I say it like that is you're going to, if you're going to be a, if you're going to be an Uber driver, you're not going to get rich, but you can make a, but you can make a living if you work the right hours and you work the right amount of time and you live in a decent, decently populated area, you can make a living and you can make a living starting tomorrow. So one thing that's very common, obviously, if you're a W-2 employee, assuming if you are not fired for some egregious offense, you will very likely qualify for unemployment and you'll get unemployment insurance for, and it varies from state to state, you know, three months, six months, a year, you know, sometimes you can appeal to make it go even longer than that while you're actively looking for full-time employment 
that's similar or identical to what you were doing before. The problem of it is, if you are a 1099 or you own your own business, there is no such thing as unemployment insurance. And this is sort of the crux of why I have been sort of so obsessed with making sure that I have backups in place with my business going back the last seven and a half years is because I've been in that position where I was employed by the crappy boss who was a drunk who, when that was pointed out because it was an, it caused an incredibly embarrassing situation at work. When that was pointed out, I was subsequently let go in very short order and I did not have a backup plan and I was on, on unemployment for quite a long time because that was not that was not a situation that left me unscathed in the eyes of potential employers which is why I ended up initially starting my first business so it's funny how these unfortunate situations can lead to positive outcomes but that's not always necessarily a guarantee i was very very lucky and incredibly motivated and i busted my ass to achieve that but at the end of the day that could have just just as easily not had been the case not had happened and lord knows where i where i would have found myself so that sort of roots back to the obsession of the last, you know, seven and a half years to always make sure that there's a backup in place. A solid part of that backup for a good chunk of that time was being signed up as a driver for Uber. And I wasn't necessarily taking advantage of it in on a regular basis, but it was there and I knew it was there and it took a lot of pressure off of me to not necessarily worry about the destiny per se of my business and that is an incredible relief to a lot of people and so, some people like not having that safety net because it's motivation for them to keep things going but i with the way my brain works i need to know that that insurance is in place i'm yes i'm self-employed so yes i'm a risk taker per se but i also like to mitigate risk a lot more than i like to take risks and being self-employed gives you the freedom to be able to mitigate risk in any way that you see fit. Whereas if you're working for a W-2, for example, if you're working for a company, that company in a lot of cases will have restrictions on their employees of what they're allowed to do when they're not working. If you're a police officer, in a lot of cases, you're generally not allowed to work as a security guard off hours. Sometimes people turn their, you know, look the other way and let the stuff happen. But, you know, if you, if someone is a hard ass and decides to crack down, then you could lose your full-time job because you're trying to do a little bit of part-time work on the side. And that's something that I, that is not the case when you have your own shop. So people that are self-employed have that freedom that W-2 employees in a lot of cases don't. That's why I sort of proselytize quite a bit about trying to get people to start their own businesses or their own consulting or their own contract freelance work. Cause at the end of the day, they can choose what they're doing with their time. And in a lot of cases make the same, if not a little bit more money. So back to the idea of keeping things in the back, in the background, the, so being, if you're out there, just the one suggestion I'm going to kind of go back to again is if you can't, if you have a decent car that's clean and you can, you know, talk to other human beings in public that happen to be strangers, 
you know, being signed up as an Uber driver is not the worst idea in the world. It's something where you can make anywhere from 800 to 1200 bucks a week if you're working full time. I've met drivers that make a lot more than that. I've met drivers that make a lot less than that, but they tend to be only doing it, say, part time or only during rush hour, you know, three, four days a week. They're not actually working full time. But in my case, you know, if you if you get fired from a job and you're getting unemployment insurance of, you know, 250 to 400, 500 dollars a week at best, you know, only so many people are able to live on that income for any reasonable period of time. But for me, if if my contracts that I have for my business all dry up in a very short period of time and my weekly revenue, I'm making up numbers here. So not to, you know, piss anybody off, but if my weekly revenue is say $3,000 a week and that drops down to $700 a week in the span of a month, because I lose two huge clients, if that's, if that were to happen, I have no recourse. I can't go to unemployment and say, uh, you know, this self-employment thing just didn't work out. Can I get my can I get my unemployment insurance triggered until I can figure out what to do? No, we do not have that option. That is not something that I'm able to do. So knowing that I'm constantly signed up as an Uber driver and that that's something that I renew and keep in place, whether I'm using it or not, I know for sure that... If I were to lose, you know, 50, 60, 70 percent of my revenue from my business starting the end of this week, I know that starting this Saturday morning, I can be a full time Uber driver. 100%. And I know for sure, because I live near a populated area, I know for sure that I can make a living doing so. It might not be as much as I was making before, kind of like unemployment. It might not be in a job that I'm going to be a huge fan of you know, doing for the rest of my life, kind of like my kind of like my current business. But at the end of the day, it's it's a job and it's revenue and it's something that I know is always there if I need to take advantage of it if something bad happens financially. Now, I've been talking about Uber a lot for the last few minutes, so I'm going to move on from that, but I want you to use that portion of this show as an analogy to your own situation. What can you do tomorrow if you get fired this afternoon? Is there anything that you can do to generate about what you're making now, if not close to it, so that you end up not losing your house or, you know, you know, getting kicked out of where you are or losing your car or ending up having to declare bankruptcy? Is there a skill set that you have that you can sell that you can use to offset what you're making now. And this isn't necessarily something that you have to actively do a lot of right now, but I suggest you taking it, taking that blade out of the drawer and just keeping it honed every so often, whether it's graphic design, whether it's drawing, whether it's being an Uber driver, whether it's, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is, Whatever it is that you went to school for, whatever it is that you've been doing professionally for the last 10, 15, 20, 30 years, whatever it is, it's something that has a monetary, that has some sort of a monetary basis to it. So go out and try to sell it, whatever it is. And that that's something that 
can be, con- you know, it's something that you can contract out to others. It's a service. It's something where you can take money that you already have and invest it in ways that generate income, kind of like I mentioned early on with real estate investing or dividend investing. There are endless websites out there of some of these dividend investor kings that are just quite frankly, amazing, amazing people that the, some of the most amazing creatures that I've ever come across in my life. We've got, you know, 28 to 30 year olds working with investment portfolios that are mind boggling because they found some way to live on, you know, a thousand dollars a month and they're investing, you know, six, seven, eight, ten thousand dollars a month, whatever they're making from their jobs, and they're investing it in these dividend portfolios that are starting to throw off massive amounts of monthly, weekly, or monthly, quarterly, or semi-annual cash flow. Like it's it's mind-boggling to see. If you want to go down one hell of a rabbit hole that will make you feel tragically bad about yourself and what you've been doing with your money all these years, just Google you know, dividend investing sample portfolios and be prepared to, you know, shed a small tear. So there's there's lots of examples of things to do that are out there that are like that. And I highly suggest you looking at some of them, not all of them, because you'll get scared. But I highly recommend you just, like I said a little bit earlier, just take a minute right now, pause the audio if you need to, and Answer the question for yourself. If you lost your job, if you have a job, or if you're self-employed, if you lost half of your income, or in the case of a job, 100% of your income tomorrow, what would you do? What can you do? If the answer is right now is nothing, then... I think you've got your marching orders for the next month. Figure out what that could be. Find out something that you can do to mitigate that loss and start doing it a little bit this month. Just see what happens. There's websites out there like I I'm I'm a big fan of Upwork. I hire off of Upwork on a pretty regular basis for different different tasks. You know, it could be virtual assistant stuff, it could be scheduling, it could be graphic design, it could be transcription work for this podcast. There there's editing work for the show. There's a lot of different things that you can do. And I mean, hell, Cleaning houses is something that's incredibly high dollar per hour work as witnessed by anybody that ends up having to pay for that service for their houses. So, you know, it might that that might be something that you just happen to be really, really good at and you other people think it's demeaning and you say that's fine as long as you're making 50 to $75 an hour cleaning a house. You know, that's something that could possibly be the side thing. Don't le- don't put garters up. Just Think about the things that you do well that you could trade for money and start doing that in the next month here and there, just dabbling and see what it looks like, what the numbers look like, how it feels, and more importantly, knowing that now if you answered no, you don't know what you would do if you lost all of your income or half of your income tomorrow if you ha- if your answer to that question was no, think about what an answer would look like if you were to answer yes. Spend your time thinking about what that could be. And if you wouldn't mind, I'm very, very curious. Please let me know what that answer is. 
And if you have suggestions for what other people can do that listen to the show, please, for everybody, please come and comment on the community Facebook page. I'm really curious to see what your thoughts are on this topic, because this is one that's definitely near and dear to my heart, not only because it's currently top of mind, but, you know, making sure that the fi- the financial stress that I felt when I was on unemployment for an extended period of time back in the 2009-2010 timeframe, that was an incredibly painful time because I knew that I had no freedom to do any of the things that I really wanted to do. First world problems, maybe, sure, whatever. We all have our crosses to bear. And that's a stress that I don't want anybody else to ever have to feel. And I know that that's impossible, but I can do what I can do. And if you're listening to this, I really hope that you have a positive answer to that question of what would you do? If you don't have a positive answer for that, please don't don't hesitate. Communicate on the Facebook group. Connect with other people that are around to help you sort of figure out what that thing could be for you. And get that reassurance because I'm sure, I'm sure there's something that you do, a talent that you have, a skill that you've developed that can be traded for income. I know there is. We all have something. It's If you look online right now, it's mind-numbing the ways that people are able to make money today as compared to years past. So take advantage of that and do what you can do. Please comment on the please comment about the show on the Facebook page. Let me know. You can go to smallmoves.co forward slash community, and that will take you to the community Facebook page. And also don't forget to subscribe to the show in whatever podcast program that you're listening to this on right now, because I've got some really great interviews that are coming up in the next month or so. I really would love for you to listen to those as well. So please subscribe to the show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Small Moves Podcast. And don't forget, if you don't have a good answer to that question, go out and find one. You've got this. You've got this.